Welcome to Crank and Sprockets, a weekly call-in podcast that answers your questions, provides insights and advice, and starts a conversation about bicycles. In this episode, we'll meet the highway hag, an accomplished Harley rider from Wisconsin who wants to take up bicycles but can't decide if it's fat or skinny. And she's yet to find a bike seat that isn't a pain in the ass. A mountain biker from Santa Fe, New Mexico, who's been riding serious single track since he was old enough to mount a trail bike behind a Kona Stinky. A director of community outreach for a professional ballet company who wants to know how to commute safely in the big city. Does she really have to wear those official bike outfits? And if a helmet is mandatory, how can she avoid helmet hair? And finally, we'll meet a man who started a bike club named after the fastest bike rider in the world. This guy was doing stunts on his bike before the turn of the century. Yeah, that century. Look out, Hans Ray. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Who do we have on the line today? The Highway Hag. <laughs> the Highway Hag. Um, how, how does one get the handle, the Highway Hag? <laughs> From riding a motorcycle. Wow. Long dis- very long distances. Wow, yeah. I, I, it, was, I, it was affectionately given, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That, that, was the, that was my next question. So, what, What's your question today, Highway Hag? Well... The Highway Hag likes to ride bicycles, too, because it's, you know, it's invigorating, and it kind of takes me back to my childhood, but the problem I have is every seat I've ever tried is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I have to ask, Harley, is your Harley seat comfortable? Do you, I mean, can you put some miles and hours in on that? Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. The last trip I was on, I did uh, 760 miles in one day, and my wow. butt didn't hurt. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, hey, the the good news is, and I and I think this is really interesting. It, it's a it's a real timely topic. Um, the the saddle on a bicycle is is basically in research is counted as the single biggest source of discomfort for women cyclists, and um, especially those who are fairly new to riding. So yeah, you know, I so that. yeah, so you know, there's no need to suffer. I mean, saddles today are designed to better fit a woman's anatomy, and they can take away the pain. And I think there's um, there's a lot of different designs, styles, companies out there. Uh, but a company I think you should take a look at is Live L I V, and okay. they it's really cool. Seats designed by women for women. Um, they're the ones who have really come up with this kind of new. Th- um, kind of you know area of thought that there's two types of pelvic bones in women, um, and it it really makes a difference in how you ride. Some women get a lot of pain from leaning forward. A road bike would probably be a little bit more of that style. Um, and then some get pain in a straight, you know, kind of an up and down, more of a straight approach. So basically, you know, that doesn't mean you can't ride a road bike and you shouldn't ride a mountain bike or a cruiser or, you know, a, um, a fat tire bike. So what they've done is they have a new, it's called the Live Fit system. And if you find a Live dealer, you can actually go in and a woman will help you try some different saddles. Um, other bike shops will do that as well. Um, Liv is just one who really is specializing in this. But, you know, you try some different saddles and, and you will find one that is comfortable. And I think that's critical. Um, we'll talk about types of bikes in a second because that, that also plays a part in it. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think you'll probably get something that'll, you know, hopefully feel as comfortable as your Harley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome. well, well, in the, in the bike realm, then you know, once you've done that, um, there's a lot of people who you know, 
is it leaning forward in the road bike? You know, I get tired, my arms get tired, my back, you know, I just don't, you know, it's, it takes a while to get yourself, they, they call it, you know, getting a base. Um, but yeah. I think also, depending on how you ride, I mean, what, what are your thoughts for how you're gonna ride your bike? Are you gonna wanna do miles? Do you wanna do local stuff? You know, what, what are you thinking as far as, you know, as, you know is it under 20 miles? Um, yeah, it's probably under, excuse me, under 20 miles. Yep, yep. And, and I know, think... Just for pleasure, I'd like to do trails, or, but yeah. I, you know, sometimes just hit the road, you know? Yeah, so. and, and where do you live? Are you um, you near some good trail networks, or...? Yeah, I'm, I'm around Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. So there's tons of great trails around here. There you go, yeah. Um, you got University of Wisconsin, man. Their, their mountain bike team is amazing, both the men and women's. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'd, I'd highly recommend, given where you're at, um, mountain bike or fat tire. And I think the fat tire is kind of cool today because it gives you the ability to ride year-round. Um, you can hit the trails. Uh, since you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be on the road with that thing unless you're, you know, running to just to do a pleasure ride or, but more importantly too, because it's Wisconsin and because of the winter, you can ride in up to 18 inches of snow with one of those. Um, Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. You can actually let the, the air out of the tires, get it pneumatic. Um, yeah. I was going to say too, since you're a Harley rider, you're going to dig the, the, the fat tires, you know, you're going to feel like you're on your bike. <laughs> yeah. My bike has fat tires. That's yep. awesome. There you go. There you go. No, I, I think that'll, you'll really enjoy those. So, you know, the big thing is, is, um, get out to, um, you know, get out to a store, get to a, sh a local bike shop. Um, God, Madison has dozens of them and, and yeah. check out the bikes, check out the seats. Tell me your concern about the saddle. They'll, they'll be fully aware. Um, so I have to ask you, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what 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 color's your Harley? Black. Oh yeah. Black. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, well, you know, do the stealth thing on the fat tire bike. Then you've got a, you've got an entire stealth collection. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, thanks, Highway Hey, for calling in. Um, good luck, and uh, let us know how it does. You know, uh, how you ride and how it yeah. feels. Um, you know, give us a shout thanks. back or send us an email. Thank you. Yeah, my Great. pleasure. Thank care. Bye bye. Wow, you got to give it to the highway hag. Over 760 miles on her Harley in one day. Man, well, we'll see how she does with her new bike and her new seat. Um, hopefully she'll get back to us because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some endurance riding taking place there. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Hey, this is uh, Ian from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, man, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Interesting. Um, let me guess, you must be a mountain biker. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> I got to ask, um, what, what's your favorite ride down there? I know you guys have got some incredible single track down in Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to place my favorite, but, you know, we, we've got everything from the Dale Ball trail system to, you know, a Galisteo Preserve to, you know, countless numbers of trails up the mountains and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I've um I've actually had the pleasure of riding your uh, Dale Ball Trail and that this that whole network there that was really cool. I I haven't oh, done. Yeah. I hear you guys have got a lot of flow courses going out there now, and that that's kind of the new rage. Yeah, yeah, it, they're they're starting to pop up. Like there's one kind of out here, uh, Los Campanas, which is this kind of you know ritzy kind of end of town and whatnot. <laughs> a little bit more expensive mountain bikes, huh? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so I got to ask, you sound pretty young, Ian. Um, when did you start biking? Oh, boy. Man, yeah, I was, you know, probably four or five years old. 
just riding around on the back of a trail bike, um, you know, the back of my dad's bike. That was, oh. that was a trip. Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. The, nothing like the feeling of not being in control. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, hey, um, so I got to ask, man, uh, what's your question for Crank and Sprockets? Yeah, so I have a, an older Yeti ASR, like one of the original full suspension. Nice. ASRs. Yeah, and those are great. Oh, yeah. And currently I have a modern fork on the front. I'm running discs on the front as well, and uh, but I, I still have the kind of old-school V-brakes on the rear. And I was just wondering, you know, is that an okay setup to run? You know, I, I've, I've heard that, you know, loading up your front brakes can be kind of bad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people are asking this question, I think, of late. Um, a lot of the older bikes, as you know, they just don't have the stays in the back to be able to mount up right. the disc brake system. And, you know, there's so many schools of thought. I mean, a lot of the old guys, you know, my generation, you know, they would say, well, you know, we used to ride with V-brakes just fine. I mean, what's the thing with disc? But, you know, it really does make a disc. And disc, you know, just really revolutionized the whole riding, especially with, you know, wet conditions, muddy conditions. Um, So, yeah, buddy of mine's a car mechanic, and he was the first person to tell me, he said, you know, 90% of your braking, in a car at least, comes in the front. And he said the back, you know, while they're important, they, they really are not that important to the whole stopping process. Um, right. And I think what's happened is in the old days, you know, there was that myth that, you know, you didn't you didn't load up your brakes in the front too much in some of the, um, especially hardtail bikes. Um, and the, the fork technology wasn't that good. But I think today with the new, you know, suspension and the front, I think you're going to be okay. And I think actually, especially okay. if you're riding flow courses and things where, you know, you really do need to... to keep a little bit more control on the front end i, I think you'll be fine yeah. um you know nothing like skidding into some of those you know um turns and things and, and dips when oh. the back's locking <laughs> yeah. up so <laughs> yeah. but but i think you'll be fine i think the biggest thing you want to do is um kind of you know balance your braking with that rear and kind of get those um those v-brakes set at the right place also you know, something um, I, I think a lot of people you know talked about over the years is um you know not relying just on front or back and not relying on just locking them up but kind of you know um kind of going back and forth you know you kind of do a little thing where you have a little touch in the front a little touch in the back but yeah you should be fine man that that should be really cool so um yeah let us know how that that goes you know um get out and really ride it maybe send us an email or something and, and just let us know but um thanks man i'm i guess that's it um appreciate you calling and cranking sprockets and um take care ian yeah you too thanks yep can you imagine being four or five years old on a trail bike on a single track in the mountains uh, behind your dad? <laughs> and I, I think there's I, I'm there's something that's bothering me with every detail of that that scenario. So anyway, hey, well, well, thanks for calling in, Ian. Good luck with your riding. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Who do we have on the line today? Hey, this is Allison from Milwaukee. Hey, Allison. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do in Milwaukee? Um, I, so I am the director of community engagement at Milwaukee Ballet. I've wow. been there 15 years, wow. um, but I'm originally from Colorado. Nice. Hey, there's a bike state for you. So, <laughs> so, so, what do you do with the ballet? So, is it? Are you working with the the talent? You working with the? Do they have a school? What do you do exactly? Um, so I take the dancers out into the community. So anything that's Milwaukee Ballet wow. going out and educating people about the art form, getting people excited, trying to tell people that ballet is not 
antiquated and boring. Stuffy. Out of touch. (laughs) You know, exactly. That's my job is trying to show people that it's athletic and fun and Yep. still relevant in yeah. today's crazy world. Very cool, very cool. No, it's great to hear. So, yeah, I um, you know, I've been to a few ballets. Um, I have I have low grade narcolepsy though, so I fall asleep a lot during performances. So, <laughs> well, then I would challenge you to come to Milwaukee Ballet. You are not your typical ballet. Perfect. Thank you. That that that's an offer I can't resist. So thanks. Well, yes, you're invited. So, hey, Allison, I'm curious. What's your question today for Crank and Sprockets? Okay, so I'm a total, like, newbie on a bike. Like, I okay. obviously rode as a kid, but I had a, yep. a pretty uh, bad accident in my oh. neighborhood where I had to get stitches, and ah. of course I was freaked out for forever. So, Ouch. Ouch. Um, I've been dating a great guy for almost five years, and he's totally making me um, <laughs> do everything I'm afraid of. So nice. Excellent. I guess, <laughs> um, we've been bike riding around a little bit in the past couple years, but I actually just bought a nice bike and I'm actually commuting to work, which is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I just, I'm so new to this. I don't know, like, you know, I commute on days where I'm not going to have to drive to meetings and stuff, but it's like, what do I wear? What do I do? (laughs) I'm like riding down the lakefront, so some days I'm like, do I actually need my helmet? Do I not? Like, I'm just so new to this. I kind of need... Yeah. I need either a lecture or all the insights <laughs> of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, well, the one thing you don't want to do is now, it, now I, you know, basically all the conformities are going out the window these days, and uh, more and more people are commuting. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. I was in Slovenia last year riding, and, and it's insane. I mean, it's Copenhagen, Slovenia, you know, the, the commuters wear what they're going to wear all day on their bikes. And I think, um, you know, probably what you've seen is you see people in their kits, you know, the, the spandex, you see them wearing their outfits. And right. Right, yeah, it, it really is not, you know, there's no standard anymore. And I think um, biggest thing is, is wear something comfortable, you know, wear something that you can get on. The big thing is on and off the bike um, for safety right. reasons. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, I've, I've actually seen women riding, you know, skirts and dresses to work. Um, as long as you're not going to get caught on your seat and you can, you know, comfortably get on and off, I think you're fine. Um Right. You know, there are those times when, you know, it's you know, 90 degrees, 90% humidity, and you ride to work, and you're like, oh, my God, I wish we had a shower here. But <laughs> but, but, but other than that, so. Luckily, we do. Yeah, yeah. Then I've got to gear up with all my other stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think um, the other thing, too, is, um, is, you know, look at your shoes. You know, eventually, maybe what you want to do is clip, you know, get some SPD, which are the clip pedals, um, you know. But but for right now, just make sure you've got a nice, firm kind of an insole, you know, that the, that the sole of the shoe, the last, is really firm. It'll just make pedaling easier. You'll have more fun. Okay. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is helmet. You you wear a helmet. You not wear a helmet. Um, that, that That's always something I, with urban riding. Yeah, I do wear it, but I find that, like, if we're just, like, yesterday, actually, I'm super proud of myself. We took a 20-mile <laughs> bike ride nice. on a bike path. Nice, nice. I didn't wear a helmet because I... Yep. I don't know why. When I'm riding with him, I don't wear a helmet. Yeah. It's stupid because if I fall, he can't, you know, what's going to happen. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When I'm riding to work, I do always wear a helmet. Perfect. I'm not, like, comfortable on city streets. I'm totally trying to be on, like, the bike path yeah. only. But... But yep. I know I should wear one. Yeah. Time, right? Well, you know, there, there, there used to be this thing called helmet shaming. And I actually worked on the state of New Mexico's, um, you know, helmet law, safety law for kids. And there was a whole thing around helmets. And I think today what people are saying is, look, you know, it's, it's you. It's, it's your right, your ability. 
wear a helmet. You're absolutely right. When you're urban and you're commuting and your mind may be on work and you know what I mean? You've got a lot of things yeah. happening. You're preoccupied. Helmets are always a good idea. Um, you know, I, I encourage you to wear it as much as possible, you know, but but it's fine. You know, we, we basically amongst riders now, it's like, you know, hey, no helmet shaming. People are on bikes. Let's encourage them. Um, the one thing, though, I will say, and this is interesting, David Byrne, the musician, has a book called Bicycle Diaries. He actually talks an entire chapter about helmet hair. <laughs> he talks about, you know, oh, what do I do? Do I wear this helmet? Do I wear that? You know, what? my hair is going to look horrible. What do I do? So so I think that's one thing, you, you know, you'll have to put up with is that the infamous right. helmet hair. So, but <laughs> I think the big thing is, is Allison, get out there, ride, have fun. Um, it got so cool that you're riding again. Um, sometimes an accident, you know, you got to get back on the horse, as they say, but I'm so glad that you're totally. back out there. So it, it took like 30 years. But wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I got a Colorado girl though, man, riding in Milwaukee. That's really cool. So, you know what? I'm the typical, I'm the atypical Colorado person. <laughs> like, oh, skiing, biking. I'm like, no, I can't do any of that. Ballet. I'm trying to do it now. <laughs> cool. Like, get into all of Great. Hey, well, thanks again, Allison. Thanks for calling Kraken's Rockets. And hey, somewhere down the road, call back again or send us an email and tell you how, how tell us how you're doing. Um, can't wait to hear yeah. how you're riding around the streets, of, the mean streets of Milwaukee. So thank you. <laughs> awesome, thank you. <laughs> take care. <laughs> I think I'm going to take Allison up on that offer to come see a performance of the Milwaukee Ballet. Um, see if I can stay awake during the whole performance. Hey, the cool part is you get to go for a ride with Allison um, along the lakeshore in Milwaukee. Some great trails there. So really looking forward to uh, going to Milwaukee. Hey, this episode, we're psyched to have Lewis Moore, president and founding member of the Major Taylor Bicycle Club in Minneapolis with us. And hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets, Lewis. Well, thanks, Chris. Cool. Hey, you know, tell us a little bit about Major Taylor the man. You know, I know he was known as the fastest bike rider in the world, and um, it, it's pretty amazing accomplishment. And, and so tell us a little about that and about the club that you've started. Well, Major Taylor is a historical figure. He was... Uh the world champion in bicycle racing in the year wow. 1899, <laughs> and he happened wow. to be African-American. So wow. he was basically the first African-American world champion in any sport in the United States. Wow. Um, he, for several years after that, for three or four years after that, was known as the best uh, man in the world. Wow. So during that period of time, you know, the, the car was just coming in. Uh, the only other main source of transportation was a train. Uh, obviously, no airplanes. Yep. Um, so, bicycling was a part of all communities. I mean, people were using it for recreation. They were using it for transportation. Yeah. And they were just, uh, it was just part of their lives. Yep. So, this young 19-year-old African-American man became an icon in the, in the world of bike wow. racing. Yeah, I wonder, wonder if you ever met the the um, the Wright brothers. I know they were big bike, you know, retailers and builders. It's it Maybe some, you know, at some event or something, maybe they did. Uh, I have not really heard yeah. that. Um, it, it's possible somewhere along the line. Yeah. Some of the figures that he knew during that period of time was world champion in boxing, uh, Jack Johnson, right. and a couple of other folks uh, who were African American. Wow. Uh, but I hadn't heard the right yeah. story. Yeah, that's really cool. Hey, what kind of bike did he ride? Was it, you know, back back then, you know, what was it? Was it single speed or was it multi speed? Or how did, how did they ride it back no, then? No, they, they were all single speed bikes. Got it. Uh, usually made of steel, so they were oh. kind of on the heavy side. Uh, thick, heavy rubber tires. Yeah. Um, I don't even think they had tubes in them at the time. I think that came down the road. Wow. So they were they were probably anywhere from twenty five to thirty pound bicycles, oh, uh, <laughs> wow. and in some cases, 
they could be lighter because um, there were not a whole lot of components on the yeah. bike at all. Yeah. There's nothing more than a seat, a handlebar, frame, yeah. wheel, and, and a chain that has one crank. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah I, I, and it, then he was also part of the uh, effort to to put together a belt-driven bicycle. So oh, wow. Instead of having a chain driving the drivetrain, it was a belt. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, that that's amazing. Yeah, I've heard that discussion as late as like the 90s. People are still looking at some kind of a belt-driven yeah. system for commuting. Yeah. So, wow. Hey, um, so I'm curious, why the club? What what, what inspired you guys to and you to, to, to start the Major Taylor Bicycle Club? Well, I had been, you know, I'd been in bicycling for quite a few years, even prior to the club. But uh, during that period of time, the late 90s, uh, there was a group of ladies here in Minneapolis who were planning to do the AIDS ride. Remember the AIDS yeah, ride? Yeah, yeah. I sure do. Yep. And we took them out for about a six-week training period. Wow. So they could get used to riding on the road. Yeah. And, you know, make sure they knew how to shift their gears and yep. pace themselves. And when they returned, and all three of them made, made the, the ride complete, all wow. the style. excellent, So when man. they came home, we had a little meeting here on my deck and, and wanted to start talking about getting a group together to make sure people uh, continue to, you know, continue to ride their bikes. Wow. And uh, we formed the Major Taylor Club right here in my, my deck in the fall of 1999. Oh, man. And the reason it was called Major Taylor is because it just finished his book about his life. Ah. And I was explaining it to, to these folks and they cut me off about halfway through and said well we have the name in the club already <laughs> that was easy <laughs> that was really easy wow and the thing that was really interesting was it was already major theater clubs out there in the country wow but then you know uh the internet was just really becoming strong and, yep. and people were able to start communicating and that's how we found out about the other clubs now, now, do you guys do you guys get together with the? I know I I think you and I talked about it a while back that um you you actually went down to Atlanta I believe or to Georgia for an event with Major Taylor Clubs. Yeah, just did that uh, almost two weeks ago, yeah. about ten days ago. Right. And it's a national event. Uh, it's called One Love. Wow. Uh, with, a, with a with a theme, a Jamaican theme, obviously with a song. Yeah. And the food was Jamaican too. Um, but it's a gathering, it's one of the large, in fact, I think it is the largest biking event in southeastern part of the United States. Wow, yeah. And it's been going on for about 12 years, and it's put together and sponsored by an African-American club called MAC. Okay. It's a, I think it's Metro Atlanta Cycling Club. Wow, yeah. And um, it attracts anywhere from, oh, God, I, I've heard numbers like two, two and a half thousand. Wow. Riders. Wow. There was a ton of them there yeah. uh, on Saturday, that Saturday. Wow, that's amazing, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, And the thing that's really interesting about it, Chris, is it attracts not just black riders, but a lot of white riders. Yeah. It attracts um, uh, triathletes. Wow. It attracts road racers. That's really and cool. And recreational cyclists. So yeah. I mean, it covers the spectrum. Yeah. And a lot of people really uh, enjoy the opportunity to get out and ride with some of these people, especially from other parts of the country. Yeah, that would be fun. There were probably anywhere from 30, 30 to 40 major theater clubs represented that Wow, day. that's amazing. That, that's incredible. You know, I, I think what's really interesting in the bike world right now is that, you know, the largest growth area is in, in older people, so 50 plus. Um, and I know, you know, it, it, kids, it's important to keep these kids coming into it, you know, and so, so clubs like this are really important, you know, and, and what you guys do in the community, I think is important, you know, give people an opportunity to come together, to ride, to learn, 
um, you know, it's been a, it's been really fun, man. I, I've really enjoyed riding with you guys, every, you know, once a week. It's really cool. So, um, yeah. nice work. Well, yeah, the age range in the club runs from, oh, probably early 50s to all the way up to where I am, which is 78, 79. <laughs> so, we, have, we do have, wow. in fact, every once in a while, there's a group of us that are spending above. And we go out for an old peak ride. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, Lewis, you know, it blows me away every time I hear that you say you're 78. You know, it's just, wow. I mean, it's the fountain of youth. I mean, I tell people, you know, you can ride. It keeps your hips, your joints, your knees, everything healthy, man. It just it just makes, it you does. know, it does. So, yeah. It keeps, it keeps things loose. And it keeps yep. things, I mean, a lot of people in my age range will sit down and start spending a lot of time with the television and other things. Yeah. When you start getting hip yeah. and having problems. Yeah. I know, I know, it's insane. Well, hey, Lewis, um, I, I, every episode, you know, we, we always let our callers ask us a question, but with our special guests like you, I like to ask a question. I think what I'd like to ask you is pretty broad-reaching, and you can answer it any way you, you, you see fit, but, you know, I, what's it going to take to get more people to ride bikes in your community in Minneapolis? And I'm talking, you know, across age groups, across, you know, I, I just, I, 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 I believe in it, and I know you do. Um, you know, what do you think, man? Is it clubs? Is it getting bikes in the hands of people? You know, what, what's it going to take? Well, as a club, we've dealt with all those issues in the past, you know, providing bikes for people. I mean, we've, we've done events like Rondo Days in St. Paul where we would raffle off bicycles to people. Yeah, cool. So we've, we've, we've experimented with every type of process there is to try to get people on bicycles. Um, I think if you just go out and sit on 35W one night, uh, and think about what you're doing <laughs> and how long it's going to take you to get home and get around. <laughs> you may want to think in the back of your mind, okay, maybe this might be easier. <laughs> I mean, it, it gives you a good opportunity yes. to, to do things physically. Yes. It gives you an opportunity to be out in the, in the you know, in the air. Yep. And yep. It gives you an opportunity to change your schedule and change your yeah. habits. Yeah. Um, but it also is it's amazing how you can get from point A to point B even sometimes faster than a car. Yes, I know, and I know. A lot yeah. of people don't understand that yep. until they actually go out and have the opportunity to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, 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 and so it's, it's really just education. I mean, Minneapolis has, what, top two uh, bike infrastructure cities in the yeah. nation. Yeah, yeah, sure so, is. You, know, you need to take advantage of those things. Yep. You need to get with a group of people who like to ride. Yep. And you, you just, you just, it'll just attach itself to you and you'll eventually figure out why or if yeah. they're busy, why haven't I been doing this all along? Uh, Very cool. That's part mentality too, Yeah. You really have to want to do it. Yeah. And once you start doing it, it, uh, it just becomes part of your life cycle. Yeah, it's hard to stop. I know. I know. I love the, the fact you made, though. I think it's key. People don't realize, you know, you actually in an urban setting can get places faster on a bike than you can in a car, especially at rush hour. Especially in the with the bike lanes that we have. I mean, I mean we have a great infrastructure here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of worked on some committees to help with that early on, and I'm just glad it, it turned out to be the way it is. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and a lot of folks really appreciate it. Well, Lewis, um, I want to just say thank you very much. Um, thank you for what you're doing with the Major Taylor Bicycle Club, and I look forward to seeing you, man, out on the streets or on the trails real soon, buddy. So thank you very much, man, um, for coming on the Bye, show. Chris. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yep, take it easy, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care, Lewis. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Man, that was really cool. Lewis Moore, president, founding member of the Major Taylor Bicycle Club in Minneapolis. Incredible. 
What a great story. And man, Lewis, you're my inspiration. 78 years young. I, I can't wait. You know, I'm going to keep spinning. Um, inspiration to anyone out there who rides a bike and uh, wants to stay in shape, wants to have fun for all the reasons that, that we discussed, you know, fresh air, get out there, clear your mind, get some physical activity. And hey, it may be faster to get to where you're going than taking a car. Take care. Um, we'll see you guys all next week on next episode of Crank and Sprockets. And um, hey, remember, keep spinning. Yeah.